Hello, nosy neighbors. This is Mary. And this is Kylie. And you are listening to Sipping with Snapped, a true crime podcast. Hello, neighbors. Hey. And hello, December. Fa-la-la. Yes, fa-la-la-la-days. We have a fireplace, a real one, Mm -hmm. with real logs. Oh, like the flames could jump out and get you? Like you got to put up a gate? Yeah, if I had small children. No way. Yeah, and I think this is the first time we've ever had a real fire. It's always been gas. Yeah. Didn't we have uh, a real fireplace at one point in the South Shore? No. That then we turned into a gas? Wasn't it originally real, I thought, that then you put it into a gas? No, it was always gas. What? Then why did it even have that thingy down in the basement? Oh, that was in case we wanted to have a second fireplace down there, but it was kind of creepy. Oh. Yeah, it was a double chimney. Oh, I just remember it being a ceramic bit that stuck out and we've just shoved pillows in it yes (laughs) (laughs) to keep the cold out yeah (laughs) (laughs) the gas was so warm with the blower oh i just got like a shiver right now thinking of the warmth you ever shiver thinking of warmth oh absolutely i hate when my neck gets cold yeah it's so true that's why i love like the hoodies and scarves yes i heard that infinity scarves are out i guess <laughs> really? But it's all that I already own and I'm like I don't have the income where I can just change scarves so easily. I mean, if you like it, wear it. Or if you have it and you're cold, wear it. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I guess the ones, those wide scarves that you can wrap around just once. So you've got one in the front and one in the back, like you're a little pilot, you know. With the weather outside becoming frightful, I decided to go with a warm beverage tonight. Nice. It's called hot buttered rum. And all I could say is yum. Yeah, I mean, it's already making me think of like butter beer. Yes. Because buttered rum. (laughs) Yes. There is an unexpected ingredient in this recipe. Oh. Soft vanilla ice cream. Ooh, yeah, you got me there. A warm beverage with vanilla ice cream. What? Yes, and for this recipe, you need to make something called rum batter. Uh Uh-huh. Do you want to know how to make rum batter? Yeah. Rum batter. You take a large mixing bowl, add one pound softened butter, one pound brown sugar, Mm Mm-hmm. One pound white sugar, one tablespoon ground cinnamon, one teaspoon ground clove, and one teaspoon ground nutmeg. Wow. Mix it all together and then add one quart lightly softened vanilla ice cream and stir it all together. Mm-hmm. Put it into a container and store it in the freezer. Wow. I mean, that sounds like a holiday in a freezer Tupperware. Yes. <laughs> Do you want to know the directions for hot buttered rum? Mm-hmm. Combine two ounces gold rum, mm-hmm. one tablespoon hot buttered rum batter with four ounces of boiling water. Uh-huh. Garnish with freshly grated nutmeg and 
and a cinnamon stick. Oh. And if you make your rum batter early, uh huh, just add the rum and boiling water when you're ready to make a drink. Wow. It sounds like, you know, those people that love the melted ice cream, their ice cream soup. You mean the people that microwave their ice cream before? That's what, I mean. <laughs> That's what it makes me think of. The boiling water heats it up nicely so that you get nice and toasty warm for the winter. Yeah, it's a nice cocktail ready to go. It's kind of like a, a eggnog, different version of eggnog because that's a different rum and... Minus the raw egg. Yeah, exactly. And also hot instead of cold. Yeah, just thinking like milk-based. Seasonal. Yeah. And it's tasty. Yum, yum, yum. Are you ready to meet the face of the case? Yes. So where are we going with our nice beverages? Hope you all are bundled. Oh, dad, that's a slang that I heard. What? Bundled. Really? What does it mean? It means that's another, it's a slang for being drunk. Really? <laughs> for getting <laughs> drunk. Yes. I've never heard it before. You know, I was so bundled. Really? Yeah. I've heard of tanked. That one I've heard. The British say pissed, which I love. Me too. But I never heard of bundled. Me either. Unless this was just unique to that person and it's not a slang. Yes. <laughs> but hope you all are bundled both ways. <laughs> Stop trying to make fetch a thing. Yeah, exactly. Just New England trying to make our own alternative slang to wicked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wilhelmina Mary Kerps went by Minnie was born on Christmas Day 1901 Ooh. in Roseland, Nebraska. Wow. Also, I don't know why I'm just realizing that Minnie is short for Wilhelmina. Wilhelmina. Wow. So Minnie Mouse is Wilhelmina Mouse? Yes, right? So I wonder, what's Mickey short for? What's their full names? Mortimer. <laughs> On their marriage certificate, what is the mouse are they actually married? I think they're just living in sin. Yeah, <laughs> they are long-time lovers. Minnie was one of 10 children. Wow. But sadly, the youngest sibling passed away before their first birthday in 1912. Ah, oh, I mean... Unfortunately, it was common. Yeah, early 1900s. Minnie met and married a 24-year-old man named Aloysius. Aloysius? Oh, wow. His middle name was George Hadler. Uh-huh. He went by Louie. Okay, nice. Louie and Minnie. Yes. Oh, I love it. They, they've got such sweet little names. <laughs> they married in 1923 mm -hmm. and went on to have four children, three boys and a girl bringing up the rear. Oh, three older brothers. Yes. They lived in Ethel, Washington. Mm -hmm. Louie was born in Germany on June 13th. 1899. You mean that first name is German? I couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> he passed away on November 28th, 1958 at the age of 59. Oh, wow. That's, That's so young. Yeah. Minnie was a 57-year-old widow when she met Edward Morin. Mm -hmm. He went by Ed. Ed. Everyone with nicknames. <laughs> Short <laughs> no names. No one went by their full name. Yes. Yeah. Well, because they all look at their full names. They were not fun ones. Not fun. Ed was born on June 11th, 1904 in Chehalis, Washington. Mm -hmm. He had one brother who was 10 years older. Okay. Ed and Minnie hit it off and they were married in 1961. Well, good for her. 
are another love. The kids are out of the house. New start. Yeah. Ed was a wonderful husband and stepdad to Minnie's children. Oh. They ended up having 14 grandchildren and 14 great-grandchildren. Wow. Super blessed. There were always babies running around that house. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the couple lived in Ed's hometown of Chehalis, Washington, where they grew and sold Christmas trees on their (gasps) 120-acre farm, tree farm. No way. And she was born on Christmas. Yes, on Christmas. It was fate. Yes. They found each other later in life, and they got married, and they were living the dream. Yeah. December 19th, 1985, ladies from the town were gathering for a church luncheon. Oh. This is about 24 years after their wedding, 1985, and they were meeting at Ed and Minnie's house. Okay. Ed was then 81 and Minnie was 83. Mm-hmm. When no one was there to greet the women as they arrived, it drew concern. Yeah, because like the first one or two, you might be early and they're not ready. Yeah. But as soon as there's a crowd outside. It's concerning. Yeah. And because of this concern, they were reported missing by the family. Wow. Yeah. Shortly after 6 p.m., deputies did a walk around the home and noticed several items were out of place. Uh-huh. They were able to get into the house. Oh, nice. Minnie's purse was found behind the couch. Uh-huh. And an 83-year-old woman doesn't go anywhere without her purse. No, nor does she put it a place she can't get it back out from. <laughs> no offense to most 83-year-olds, but I don't really see them moving the couch to Oh, agreed. I totally <laughs> get agree. back there. Yeah. yeah. Ed's watch that he always wore was on the nightstand, Mm -hmm. and bank statements were in the bathroom. Oh, that's an odd place to have that. Yeah. Deputies searched into the night with no sign of the elderly couple. Oh, no. The next day, however, police found the couple's 1968 green Chrysler. Mm -hmm. The front seat was empty, but there was a large amount of blood (gasps) and keys were in the ignition. No. Also inside the car were a man's hat, Uh white shoes, shotgun shells, and a crack in the windshield. Fingerprints were collected in the car. So it's a crime scene. Yeah, it's a crime scene. The family was thinking that maybe it was a ransom. Yeah. So they were waiting and waiting for a phone call. Yeah, because they're a low-risk take. Yeah. You know, because they're an older couple. And if they own a Christmas tree farm, then maybe they think they've got money. You know, I can totally see. The thought of a ransom. See them going that way. Yeah. Detectives went back to Ed and Minnie's house to look for more clues. Mm-hmm. They found burnt bank statements outside of the house. Oh. Police contacted the bank, and they were told the couple stopped by on December 19th. Uh, so they those were freshly printed statements? No. Oh. They were just burnt bank statements. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like they went there and they were like, can you give me statements? And then they brought them home. Oh, no. Someone was trying to dispose of evidence. Oh. Yeah, detectives were like... Hey, why do you think all these bank statements are strewn around the house? Uh And the bank said, oh, yeah, Ed was in. He took out some money. Oh, okay. On Christmas Eve, 1985, a man spotted what he thought was a mannequin in the ditch. No. It's never Never a mannequin. After a closer look, he realized it was the body of an elderly woman. He immediately called police. Yeah. Along with the female body, police discovered a bullet trail 
a pool of blood, false teeth, glasses, a comb, and what? a body of an elderly man yeah. in a secluded area of the woods. Wow. So you can, the way you described it, I can in my head see item by item falling out of him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Because you said that there's a bloody trail. So like the glasses coming off and the teeth coming out. Oh, just horrible yeah so sad after an autopsy the bodies were confirmed to be ed and minnie Mm -hmm. minnie had been shot with a shotgun in the shoulder and neck and ed had been shot squarely in the back oh wow both were dragged and then dumped just left like garbage just dumped in the middle of nowhere oh but not well because they were found (laughs) and rather quickly too yeah the townspeople were devastated ed and minnie were known and loved by everyone in the town because of that tree farm yes and that like successful second marriage later in life you know yeah like it's a fairy tale christmas just became sad yes oh my goodness because they disappeared on the 19th yeah they were found christmas eve and it would have been her 84th birthday that next day (gasps) that's right oh At their funeral, their son, Dennis Hadler, vowed Mm -hmm. to find out who killed his parents. Dennis considered Ed to be his dad. Yeah. Years passed without any leads to the murder. Years? Years. So they had no motive for why. So they had no idea what direction to even go in. Uh Uh-uh. No clue. Ugh. Dennis would later serve on the Lewis County Board of Commissioners. Mm -hmm. He would become friends with a man named Bruce Kimsey in 1999. Mm -hmm. At that time, Bruce was a 22-year-old new hire by the Lewis County Sheriff's Office after four years in the Army. Wow. Okay, so this is about 15, almost 15 years after his parents' murder. Yes, just under 15. All right. Initially, police had their suspicions, but they would never have enough evidence to make any arrests. Who did they suspect? We'll get there. All right. In 1992, a tip led to Robin Rife, the estranged wife of Rick Rife. What? Who's he? Everyone was afraid of Rick and his brother, John. The two were drug dealers who were known to threaten people. Robin told detectives she dropped the brothers off about a mile from Ed and Minnie's house on the night of the murders. Uh Uh-huh. She said the next morning she was called to pick them up. Robin died in 1995. Oh. So she wasn't there to testify against her strange husband that nobody liked. Yeah, so they're kind of the total opposite of this elderly couple. They're not the best people. These brothers were thugs. They were thugs. Yeah. In 2004, Bruce Kimsey Mm -hmm. was assigned to Minnie and Ed's case. (gasps) And since Bruce and Dennis were such good friends, this case became personal. No way. Yes. In 2005, Dennis hired a private investigator named Chris Peterson. Peterson? Mm-hmm. It's spelled P-E-D-E-R-S-O-N. Is it Peterson, but it's just like the German way? Yeah, probably. I think. And with the help of the private investigator, Bruce and Dennis, yeah. they worked tirelessly to solve the almost 20-year-old cold case. Yeah, he put that on the front burner the one that you like to boil pasta in yes (laughs) everyone has a favorite favorite burner 
in 2005, mm-hmm. Bruce, Dennis, mm-hmm. and the private investigator that Dennis hired. Wow, three musketeers put together his own team. <laughs> one of Ed and Minnie's grandson's friends. Yep. Does that make sense? Yes. The grandson's friend told the grandson that he was on his way to the dentist with his mom mm-hmm. back on December 19th, 1985, when the friend was 17 years old at the time. Uh-huh. He stated that he saw Ed driving the car with Rick Rife in the passenger seat. Minnie was in the back with John Rife. Oh, The friend stated that he waved, but no one waved back. And he thought that that was strange. Yeah. Because he knew them and he said, hey. Yeah, because he's there like, hey, that's so-and-so's grandparents. Like, what's up? And then they blow him off and he's like, that's that's weird. Yeah, they always wave. Yeah. He told the grandson that he remembers this day and he's been harboring the secret for decades uh-huh because this happened in 1985 back when he was 17 okay going to the dentist with his mom i was like he's gotta be young <laughs> also he remembered the brothers threatened him and his family if he ever told anyone about the day oh my god and you know at 17 that really scared him oh my god well yeah you just saw them with two people who disappeared exactly yeah at that point i assume they went to him before they were found you know What do you mean? Like when they threatened? Yes. No. So I'm saying like, you know, how he saw them on the 19th and then they were reported missing. I'm saying he probably went and was like, I'll make you disappear just like them. And you're like, oh, God. And then they're found deceased. And you're like, oh, snap. That just seals the deal on their threat. (laughs) They were serious. Mm -hmm. In 2009, Detective Bruce blew up and colorized photographs from the time Uh and called Called in that witness, that grandson's friend, uh-huh. that grandson's friend stated that it was, in fact, John and Rick Rife that he saw with Ed and Minnie the day of the murder. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure that he's replayed that moment in his head a million times. So he knew. Oh, absolutely. He was 100% sure. Yeah. Turns out the brothers drove the elderly couple to the bank and forced them to withdraw eight thousand five hundred dollars in one hundred dollar bills uh-huh and that grandson's friend saw them on the way to the bank oh got it which is the equivalent of twenty five thousand dollars in u.s money today 2023 that they had available in their bank account there's money in christmas trees wow so they were robbing them they were robbing them Rick and John drove Ed and Minnie to a secluded spot, Mm -hmm. shot the couple in the back in their own car. Oh, my God. And then dragged their bodies into the woods. It was heartless. Yeah. That witness did not speak up because of fear. Both brothers moved to Alaska in 1987. They got out of there. On July 8th, 2012, 26 years after the slaying, oh man, 53-year-old Rick Rife was arrested in King Salmon, Alaska. Mm-hmm. He was extradited to Washington to stand trial for the horrific crimes. John ironically died of natural causes. What? Mm-hmm. No way. Maybe it's a karma thing. Yeah. Maybe they knew 
that karma knew that he would try and run or something. So they're like, here you go. The devil said, come to me before you hurt anyone else. Uh-huh. Like, he's not going to go down without a fight. So I'll just put this one down for you. Boom. John died on the day the arrest warrants were signed. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. One week before he could be brought to justice. He was 53 at the time of arrest. How young was he when he committed the murder? Uh, around 33. Right? Old enough to know better. <laughs> the case went to trial in October 2013. Uh -huh. Rick was charged with two counts of murder, a first degree, two counts of robbery in the first degree, and one count of burglary in the first degree. Mm -hmm. The trial lasted six weeks. Wow. But I can see why. I mean, so many people have passed that were crucial to the, the case. Yeah. And during the trial, a married couple testified against Rick. Uh-huh. They said they were friends with Rick back in the 80s. One week before the murder, this couple told Rick the Murrins had a lot of money. Oh. And they let Rick borrow a shotgun no things that make you go hmm yeah i wonder why and they said they didn't get that shotgun back for a year what yeah in 2011 the wife of that couple became facebook friends with rick uh-huh and the relationship became sexual uh-huh they discussed the murder what and Rick told her about events that occurred that were never disclosed to the public. Rick had hit Ed in the head before the killing. What? Wait, wait. Is he like Facebook DMing her dick pics as well as murder? Confessions. Confession? Yeah. Sounds like it. What? I, people blow my mind. Social media. Wow. The medical examiner testified Ed was in fact struck in the head oh. and that was something only the killer would know. Uh-huh. Yeah, they only mentioned what kills them, not the stuff beforehand. Exactly. Oh, wow. The jury deliberated for a day and a half and found Rick Reif guilty on all counts and sentenced him to 102 years in prison. Do you want to know what the connection was between Ed and Minnie Murrin and the Reif brothers? The brothers worked on the tree farm in November and December 1985, they saw the money that was coming in and they wanted it. In other words, greed. No way. So this couple's like, hey, the people that own that tree farm, they're pretty well off. And the couple, the brothers go work there and then rob them. Yes, that's exactly what happened. And it ended in murder. Yeah. They were into drugs. They wanted money and they saw it. Money was growing on trees. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, you plant a tree and it takes at least 15 years to mature big enough to be a Christmas tree. Yeah, it's a lot of work. You've got to constantly. It's not. Sometimes I think about places like a strawberry field where I feel like there's just really that upfront cost. And then after that, it just blossoms every year. <laughs> Not like a tree that cuts down and then gets taken away. It doesn't reproduce. Yeah, you're taking down the whole thing, you know, like the giving tree. Yeah, but not pine trees. Wow. So I'll update you about the three that solved the murder. Oh, yes. Uh, it's one of the three musketeers, him, private investigator, and son. So I don't know what happened to Chris, but 
Bruce Kimsley, do you remember the police officer? Uh-huh. He retired from law enforcement in April 2022 and now works in real estate. Nice. Well, I wonder if he stayed on to make sure. <laughs> for nine extra years? Oh, wait, wait, forget that. Yeah, that was 2013 and you said 2022. That's, oh, I forget that. <laughs> okay. Dennis Hadler passed away on December 28th, 2021 at the age of 94. Wow. And another December for this family. Wow. Yeah, both highs and lows happen in the month of December. Mm -hmm. I'm happy he was able to fulfill the promise that he made to his parents to solve their murder at their funeral. Oh, I got goosebumps thinking about that. I mean, he was able to rest easy himself. Yeah. I know that he did it earlier, but I bet that just helped him lay peacefully. A clear mind. Yeah. Well, I chose this case because it happened around Christmas and there was a Christmas tree farm. Right? Yeah, it is a pre-Christmas thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was born on Christmas Day. They were murdered right before Christmas. And then their son who avenged them passed just after Christmas. So, <laughs> wow. Good luck finding your next case. I know. I I actually have been having trouble because uh, it's difficult finding themed ones, but we're working on it for you guys because we love our neighbors. Yes, we love all our neighbors. Find a murder that happened around Hanukkah. Oh, right. Like, it's the seventh day. I should probably know more about Hanukkah, actually, before I try and make any jokes about it. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, well, thanks for telling me that. We are getting in the holiday spirit. Yes, we are. We were already in it. Just carrying it over. I'm already listening to Christmas music. I just find myself singing along. You've got to. It just, it gets you in the good mood. Mm -hmm. And what I kind of love to hate about it, too, is that I put it on and I don't want it to put me in a good mood, but then it does. Like, you find yourself singing along, you know? Even the songs you don't like, you're humming. Yes, exactly what I'm saying like I'll put it on first thing in the morning when you're like kind of like like Monday morning and then you hear like rocking around and you're like ugh gross but then next thing you know you're like well the nice part is there's no swears in Christmas music oh I know you can put it on and it's appropriate for any anyone that's around like you don't have to worry about age or it would be kind of funny if there was a station with foul language in christmas songs yeah right what is that song when you're a kid from after 92 you're no longer a kid yeah i know you're like just that one thing that kind of irks oh at your nose right oh man well, uh, make sure that you guys listen to your mothers and appreciate them. And make good choices. Uh, stay nosy, neighbors. And warm. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for joining us. I'm Mary. I'm Kylie. And you've been listening to Sipping with Snacked, a true crime podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Instagram at Sipping with Snapped. Twitter at Sipping Snapped. Facebook, Sipping with Snapped, a true crime podcast. Join our Patreon, Sipping with Snapped. And if you forget all that, go to our website, www.sippingwithsnapped.com. We've got links to everything. Cheers. Cheers! Logan, say I love you! <laughs>